verses 1 to 6. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 6. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of the unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Verse 6, And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the doors were keeping the prison. Praise the Lord. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us. We pray that Christ will be exalted in the house. Lives will be touched. We pray that you would deliver people this morning. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Today's message is titled, How Could you. How could you? Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, ask your neighbor, how could you? Praise God. I think we all have posed this question to someone or someone has asked this question to us sometime in the past or if it never was, one of these days, somebody's going to look at you and ask you, how could you? We pose this question when someone does something that's unimaginable or unexpected, or you get a response from someone which was never expected. So that's when... We come up with this question, we pose this question, how could you? When somebody does something dumb, when somebody does something which is out of this world, we tend to ask this question, how could you? Praise God. Well, as we read this particular portion, we come to verse 6. And verse 6 reads like this. That when Herod was about to bring, it, bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping. So the question is posed this morning, how could Peter sleep when he was in such a dire situation? Praise God. We as human beings, we go through situations in our lives... We can call it the crisis mode. Or we can call it 
a time frame or a season in our lives when everything around us is falling apart. When everything that we held on to seems to be just falling away. When it seems that the ground that we are standing on is shaking. When it seems as if the ground that we are standing on has all of a sudden become a sinking sand. When the unimaginable happens. When we hear things that we did not ever think that we would hear. How do we respond? Here is a man who is on, shall we say, on a death row. You know what it is to be on a death row. That means immediately, maybe perhaps the next morning, you are going to be executed. And Peter was in a place where he was looking back, one of his co disciple, one of his co-worker, he was, he was beheaded. And he was next in line and perhaps the next morning he will be beheaded or will be sawed in two. But even in such a situation, Peter was sleeping. What are we saying? Are we saying that he was a man who was careless or was he carefree? When we go through certain situations, I don't know how many in here have st stared at death face to face. Maybe not. Or how many of us have gone through situations in life where it seems that one of our loved ones have gone through a critical period in their lives. We know as human beings, we get all worked up. We get all anxious we are all concerned. There is so much pressure building within us. It seems that everything that we are holding on to, it seems that it's, it's shaken. And at a moment such as that, it's very hard for us to be at ease. It is very hard for us to be in a place where we are very peaceful. But Peter was, that's what, God's word says, praise God. Have you ever been, have you ever experienced a night where you were restless, just simply rolling in the bed and you could not fall asleep because the next morning perhaps you are going to take an exam or you are going to stand before an interview board or you are going to do something of an Herculean task and it seems as if that you are shaking in your boots. I have gone through such similar incidents in my life where I could not sleep the whole night. This is rolling in the bed, thinking what I'm going to do in the morning. We all go through such situations in our lives. But here we see Peter was sleeping through. Mind you, he was not on a, on, on a mattress. We see that the Bible says he was in a prison guarded by 16 soldiers, two, one to the right, one to the left, two chains all around him. But the man is in a state of ease and comfort. 
you can look at Peter and ask him, how could you? Praise God. Hmm. Peter is a very interesting fellow, isn't it? You see in the Bible, there are many incidents where Peter fell asleep. Jesus took James, John, and Peter up to the mountain. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transfigured. As Jesus was in a conversation between the two that had arrived, Moses and Elijah, the Bible says Peter woke up from the sleep. With Jesus up in the Mount Transfiguration, the man had fallen asleep. Why? Because Peter did not expect anything to happen in that Mount of Transfiguration. You know how many people fall asleep in the church? And I know the reason that we fall, in the, fall asleep in the church is at times we don't expect anything. So we are waiting for the Mount Transfiguration experience but the Lord has already transformed us and we don't need to climb up the mount to see a glorified Lord the glorified Lord's presence is within us when we forget that we doze off again the Bible says Peter fell asleep in the garden of Gethsemane that was a direct disobedience to what the master had commanded. The master had told him what? Watch and pray so that you will not enter into But Peter fell asleep. Every pivotal moment in life, the man seems to be dozing off. But the first two examples that we are saying, one was because he did not expect anything. The second was because the, Jesus said the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. But here we see Peter sleeping not because he was tired, not because he was disobedient, not because he was not expecting anything. Peter was sleeping because he was resting in the promise of God. Praise God. Church, I don't know where you are. As many of us who are seated here, we all can be in different plane, different season of our life. Just like there are different seasons in nature, there are seasons in our life. And if you're going through a season where there are lots of question marks, where you're going through pain and going through problems and going through pressures in your life, I want you to come to a place like Peter who was able to see it through. Tell your neighbor, see it through. Not see it through, but See it through. Because it's God who will see us through, provided we rest in his word. Praise God. Going back after many years, 
Peter in his epistles, he pens it down, he says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Praise God. Amen. Can we repeat that this morning? Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Who is he? Is it President Trump? Is it Governor Mario? Is it some, the president of your company? No. Praise God. It is Jesus, the risen, resurrected Savior, who you and I can trust and cast all our cares upon him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. What is it that we ought to do when we are going through similar situations in our lives? Thank God, none of us are in a prison this morning. But prison does not have to be a physical prison. Sometimes we can be enjoying the freedom that this land offers, yet be bound on the inside. Bound emotionally, bound financially, bound relationally, bound in so many areas of our lives. The Bible says Jesus came to set us free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Even as we know the truth, love the truth, how often we experience a binding in our lives. Praise God. The cords of anxieties bind us. The cords of fear bind us. The cords of people's opinion bind us and make us immobile, unable to move in the realms of God. How often we come to worship and still we feel bound because we are so governed by what everyone else will say. Praise God. Today I want you to experience the kind of freedom that God wants you and I to experience. Praise God. So what do we need to do? Well, as children of God, number one, you and I need to learn to tap into the memory bank. What memory bank? Not this memory bank. Praise God. But going into our memory bank and thinking what he has done for us in the past. Praise God. It is healthy at times to glean through our past experience. Let me tell you. The past experience, the walk with Jesus, should always stand before us as a monument reminding of the faithfulness of God and the power of God to yank us out of any situation that you are in this morning. Praise God. What happens is when we go through when we are going through issues in our lives, 
it just takes us over, clouds our mind, our reasoning, and you cannot see anything, but God wants us to become people who tap into the memory bank, glean from our past experience, meaning what? Meaning the last time, think about what God did for you. Is there anybody in this house who can say that in your walk with Jesus, you have never ever experienced the power of God, the release of God, the deliverance of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, the security of God, the sustenance of God. Christian life is a learning experience. And God orchestrates events in our life in such a manner as we walk with him. He teaches us how to lean on him, how to rely on him, how to confide in him and move on with the way God leads us. So tap into your past experience and think, man, when I was stuck there, when I had a need there, when I was sick then, when I went through a financial crisis in my life, how did God pull you out? When you had nobody to talk for you, when you had nobody to recommend for you, when you had nobody to say a good word for you, when there was nobody to push you through, did not God come through for you? You know what it does? Praise God. When you go and tap into the memory bank, it's like a building block. You start thinking about, oh man, that situation, God delivered me out of it. God opened a door for me. God provided for me. It's a building block that builds our faith and our trust in God. So as you are seated here this morning, I want you to go back and tap into the time when God came through for you. Praise God. Reports after reports, reports after reports, events after events, when God came through for you, will build up the faith in you. Praise God. Clear that mind that is clouded within you, and you can lean on him. Praise God. Hallelujah. In Peter's case, there is so many incidents. You know, once Peter did not have the money to pay tax, he came up to Jesus embarrassed because the tax collectors asked him a question. You and your master, they don't pay you tax? Peter put his hands into his pockets and nothing came out but lint. Nothing. You know what lint is? Huh? Nothing came out but just lint. Empty pocket. He ran up to Jesus. Jesus said, no problem. Just go throw a line into the water and the first fish that you catch will have enough for you and for me. Peter went, threw in the line, caught the fish, opened its mouth, and behold, there was a coin. Just enough to pay tax for Peter and Jesus. Have you ever experienced financial miracle in your life? 
not picking up a dollar that was found on the street, but God opened a door for you that you never, ever imagined. How many times God has come to us? Praise God. That experience should hold you to a place when you're going through a similar situation in your life. Praise God. When a loved one gets sick, Jesus came through. Peter could remember the day when his mother-in-law was sick. And the Bible says, Jesus came, touched her and healed her. And she got up. And the Bible says she ministered to their needs. Do you see people hanging around the church? Spending the entire weekend in the church. What do you think? They have nothing to do? Do you think that they have no life? outside of the church? Do you think that they would not enjoy just having a free time out? No. But there is something that God has done in them, for them, that they come with a heart of gratitude and want to serve the Lord. Praise God. See, every time the Lord has done something for us, it ought to create within us an attitude of gratitude and it ought to put us into service for the Lord. Praise the Lord. She got up, the Bible says, and she waited on them and served for their needs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, sometimes we serve because God's calling is upon our lives. Sometimes people serve because they feel obligated. Sometimes people serve because they don't know. They say, what shall I render unto the Lord? Praise God. The new lease of life that is given to you. Praise God. The deliverance that he has brought about in your life. The freedom that you are experiencing and celebrating in your life. Let me ask you, how do you, praise God, express your gratitude to him? Praise God. Like that one of the ten lepers, do you come in the presence of God, fall a flat before him and worship him saying, thank you Jesus. Or we come with an attitude of the nine who are ungrateful, who just simply walked away. Praise God. Peter had so many experiences. Gleaning from his experience, he could have thought about the time when Jesus borrowed his boat. Praise God. Jesus was preaching on the seashore and the crowd was so much. Jesus looked at Peter and said, let me borrow your boat. Peter lent his boat to Jesus. Jesus used his boat as a mobile platform and used the water as a natural amplifier to talk to Peter, to people. After his ministry, when everything was done, Jesus looked at Peter and tell, tells him, launch into the deep and cast your net. Praise God. Perhaps Peter remembers what Christ did for him that particular day. Praise God. Let me ask you, have you lent anything to the Lord? Have you lent your time? 
your treasure, your talents to the Lord? If the Lord were to come and ask you, can you lend me your home? Can I use your home as a launching pad? Can I use your home as a hub to bless someone? Can I use your home as a hub to bring forth a deliverance? Can I use your home as a hub for a midweek fellowship? Would you lend your resources to the Lord for an hour, for two hours? The other day, after the service was over and I was talking to people, one brother from the church came up to me and said, Pastor, do you have to pray for us? We, are, we want a bigger room. I just looked at them and I said, do you want a bigger house? They said, no, 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 we want a bigger room. I said, what for? These are newcomers new into this country, and I know that they can't afford a home right now. So, no, we want a larger living room so that we can have fellowship and have prayer in our home. I said, wow. I scratched my head and I said, Lord, you have given such beautiful, large homes to so many people in this, house, in this church. Most of them, many of them, don't want to open their homes. But I bet going back five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you look at the elderly people in this church, they all were people who would host, I would say, not a cottage meeting, but they would host the presence of God in their home. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have come to a place where God has blessed us so much. Hardly anybody wants to open their resources to entertain the presence of God and God's people. Let me tell you, when you lend, praise God. I want to tell you, God does not owe anything to anyone. Praise God. Right there, Jesus taught a lesson to Peter. Peter, you cannot lend me anything and walk out of this place thinking Jesus owes me something. The Lord does not owe anything to anyone. Praise God. At times, he releases such grace and blessings upon our lives to compensate what you and I have done. The very little thing, praise God. God has to release a blessing because when he releases grace, he releases based on his abundance of grace, the riches of his grace that you cannot contain it in your life lifetime that it flows it overflows into the next generation but we need to do something we need to tell our children and our grandchildren the abundance 
of goods and the grace that we are experienced is simply a surplus and overflow of what God has done in our lives. And you have to tell them and teach them if this flow has to continue into your children, into your grandchildren, praise God, Become people who lend your goods, your good graces to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Peter had an empty boat. Jesus got on it. The boat got filled to the point that they had an abundant catch. Praise God. Amen. There was another time when there was a storm and the Bible says Jesus was sleeping and the disciples came and yanked him out and said, don't you care that we perish? Why? Because Jesus was fast asleep in the, during the storm. Praise God. Peter perhaps thought about all this experience and he realized that Christ came through for me every time. What do I do in this crisis? Praise God. Emulate my master who slept through the storm. Praise God. Amen. There are storms in our lives where we ought to get up and rebuke them. There are storms in our lives where we have to sleep or rest, find comfort in the name of Jesus and in the word of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Are you going through a stormy season in your life? We want to remind you that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Get into it. You will find refuge in that strong tower. No person, no power can break into the refuge that Jesus provides. Amen. Praise God. How could you do this, Peter? Simply because... Peter was sleeping on the promises of God. Life is peaceful when you rest on the promise of God's word. Praise God. Have you found the promises of God's word in the word of, word of God? In your stormy season, can you pull out a promise that the Lord has given and you simply doze yourself on the promises of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in this house that is going through such a season in your life? And this morning the Holy Spirit is telling you, find comfort and rest. Praise God on the promises of God. Never will I leave thee, nor would I ever forsake thee. 
Praise God. When Jesus says never and ever, he means it. When he says, I will not forsake you, I will not forget you, he will not leave you high and dry. Praise God. Even through the stormiest seasons in your life, he will see you through. Can you bank on the promises of God? As a Christian, praise God, we might go through a stormy season in our lives. Praise God. Let me tell you, peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble, but it's rather the confidence that he is there with you always. How could you do this, Peter? Because he had the confidence that the Lord is with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Is God calling you to give your heart to him? Give your heart to him. You will never, ever regret it. If you give your empty heart to him, he would fill it with joy, love, and peace. Praise God. Maybe the people around you has broken your heart. If you have a broken heart, if you have a shattered dream, come to Jesus with your broken heart. He will mend it in such a way that no one who looks at you would be able to recognize you that you are a person, the same person with a heart that's mended. Because my Bible says he will give you a new heart. Praise God. If Jesus is asking you for your home, Open your home to him. He will fill your home with life and laughter. Praise God. What is Jesus asking you this morning? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what you're going through, praise God. Rest in peace with him. How often we do blunders. Anybody here that has made blunders in your life, made gross mistakes in your life, one, one, I see here and there, thank you, Peter once did, you know what he did, right, what did he do, he pulled out his sword, and he, and he took a swing at someone, Peter was a fisherman, but he had a sword and he pulled it out and he swung at a trained Roman soldier. And instead of hitting his neck, he hit his, his ears, cut it off. You know the, 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 the consequences of attacking a person who is on duty. You know, if you cut anybody's ear, you will get into trouble. But if it's a police officer or someone who's in duty, if you, if you assault them, the consequences are very dire. And Jesus, knowing that poor Peter will get into trouble, the Bible says Jesus lifted it up, touched this man, and put his ear right back. We think plastic surgery started now. Jesus was such a good plastic surgeon that he put the ear back 
And Malchus probably went and reported this, saying that Peter, one of the disciples, he assaulted me. And the centurion over him looked at Malchus and said, where? He cut my ear off. The centurion looked at him and said, which ear? Oh, the right ear or left ear, whichever it is. Where? I don't see no marks. Are we here because we have always done only but the right thing? Are we here because we have never ever committed a mistake? Are we here because we never, never made a foolish choice? No. Through every season of our life, Jesus has seen through us. Praise God. How often Jesus came through for us that he erased the evidence that was written against us. That's what the Bible says. The handwriting that was against us was erased on the cross of Calvary. When the enemy came knocking at the door saying, we have evidence that we're going to bring you down. Little did the enemy realize that Jesus had erased that evidence. Oh, Peter sleeping. Probably thought about the day when Jesus erase that evidence that was against him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Does not mean we are not promoting foolishness or making wrong choices. Praise God. But what we are trying to say is that unknowingly if you have how many times he has come through for us praise God yes peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble but it's rather the confidence that he's there with you always praise God it is a trust in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ praise God hallelujah Second Thessalonians 3.16 goes like this. Paul, as he concludes his letter to the Thessalonica church, he puts it, Now may the, the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Wow. What is the secret of being at ease in a season when all hell is breaking loose against you. The secret is this. The Lord of peace himself. Not a proxy. Not a substitute. The one who entered into a room that was closed. And spoke peace be unto you. Praise God. He himself. Praise God. He's the Lord of peace. He will give you peace. Not only when you come to church. Not only when you are in a prayer meeting. 
Not only when you are feeling good and high, but my Bible says at all, A L L, all times and in every way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Clovis Chapman was a pioneer aviator who was one of the first men to attempt a global solo flight around the world. As he took off, he landed in California for a short stop and then he again took off. As he was flying over the sea, he could hear some activity around his cockpit. Listening to it carefully, he realized that somehow a rat had got into his flight and was nibbling at one of the cables. Being the sole flyer in the flight, he did not have an option to get away from what he was doing and try to eliminate this rat. Not knowing what to do because he realized if the cable is cut, that's the finished end of his life. All of a sudden, he decided to just go into a higher altitude. He climbed to 5,000 altitude. He could still hear the rat nibbling at the cables. He flew on to, he went on to a higher altitude, 10,000 feet altitude. He could still hear the rat nibbling at the cable. He rose again to 12,000 feet altitude. And he listened carefully it was nothing but silent. Well, what was happening? It was very simple. He realized that the rodents, he knew that the rodents could not survive in a place where the proportion of oxygen is less. So as he climbed higher and higher, the rodent could not survive because it could not have the kind of oxygen that it needed. As children of God, when anxiety starts nibbling at our life, when pressures start nibbling at our lives, when burdens become overwhelming, when criticism comes against our life and it seems that our lives are weighed down, as children of God, we ought to learn to rise onto a higher altitude. Praise God. When you rise into a higher altitude, into a sanctified atmosphere, in a rarefied atmosphere, in a higher altitude where prayer and praise and thanksgiving covers the atmosphere and the aura of God's presence is released and pumped into your life, that is when you and I are able to be at ease and rest in the presence and in the promises of God. Praise God. Hallelujah, my friend. Let me ask you this morning, what is eating at the supply of grace that you are experiencing in your life? Praise God. 
We have a connection from above that comes through Jesus Christ and through the Word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit. But how often things in the world tend to, to now and start calling at our supply of grace. At times, it is our attitude. It's our negative attitude. Praise God. If we would rise to a higher place, the world can look at you and ask you, how could you? All eyes closed. We're going to pray. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friend, I don't know what you're going through. Friends who are watching me online, let me address you also. Regardless of what you are going through this morning, praise God. Any kind of crisis you are going through, I want you to trust in Jesus. Rest on the promises of God. Praise God. Lay down your life to Jesus. If you give your life to the Lord, he will fill you with abundance of life. Nay, if you lay down your life for Jesus for good, you will only be continuously inheriting the eternal life that he has promised. But let me tell you, you can never, ever outgive God. Praise God. Can you tap into your memory bank? Can you glean from your experiences? Can you bank on the promises of God? Can you lean on the person of Jesus Christ? Can you lean on the finished work on the cross of Jesus? Of the cross of Calvary. Praise God. Hallelujah. Regardless of what season you are in. Maybe in a dry season. Maybe in a barren wilderness experience. I want to tell you. Praise God. Lead on him. Jesus will see you through. Casting all your cares upon him. For he cares for Who will say this morning, Lord, I cast my cares on you. Worry has done nothing good for me. It has just brought me down. But I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to trust in you and in your promises. On my right, if there is anyone who would speak that commitment, saying, Lord, I will cast my cares on you, Jesus. You are that person. Lift your hands up. Put your hands down. To my left, if there is anybody who would say, I bring my cares. I bring every care that's
Thank you. 